0: Hello, everyone. My name is Ravi Kumar, uh, President at Infosys. Uh, welcome to this new chapter of Trailblazers. Uh, today, I have a visionary leader, the founder and CEO of Pega Systems, Alan Traffler. Uh, Alan, an old friend of mine, uh, is a technology change agent, an innovative philanthropist I call it, and a trusted advisor to business executives around the world. Alan's unique vision is about designing a platform for living applications that business people can evolve dynamically to a sentient environment to manage constant disruption and change in today's customer-centric uh, economy, and that's how Alan built Pega Systems. And way back in 1983, he started this company. And uh, over the years, he's been uh, on the cutting edge of innovation with Pega Systems. Alan's deep interest uh, comes from uh, his um, college days, where he played chess, and um, and he used the game to uh, pivot on uh, how software development uh, should be done. Alan has written a book for, called Build for Change, uh, describing how customers have this unprecedented power to make uh, or break brands in a digital world. Um, Alan and his wife Pam established the Treffler Foundation in 1996 to improve uh, educational outcomes. Uh, thank you so much, Alan, for joining in uh, today for this conversation with us.
1: Uh, thank you, Robbie. It's a real pleasure and uh, we really appreciate our relationship together—it's to see what we've been able to achieve.
0: Thank you, Alan. Thank you for the partnership. Uh, let me first congratulate you uh, for joining this elite group of companies who have crossed a billion dollars of revenues and um, ringing the bell at the Nasdaq uh, this year. What
1: was that? That was fun. You know, it's uh, you know, it's interesting. It's on one hand, it's just a number. On the other hand, we did really grind it out. The, you know, organic way, as opposed to just, you know, putting lots of businesses together. And I think we've built a really good culture to be able to work with our clients and our partners and uh, achieve, well, great things going forward, too. Alan, you know,
0: you've been a, a technology purist in many ways, and uh, you've stayed away from this massive M&A exercise which goes on in the tech world. And I've asked you this question many times, how long? And you've always said, uh, you know, I'm going to stay as long as I can. Uh, tell us a little bit about, uh, I know the $1 billion is a rare view for you. Tell us a little bit about where Pega is headed for.
1: Well, we're enormously excited because in the last several years, you know, we've really aggressively pushed our pivot to an as-a-service business ourselves. Our Pega Cloud business uh, you know, grew greater than 50% for the last couple of years, every year. And on top of that, our client cloud, which is where clients themselves can run on the cloud of their choice, um, is is also growing terrifically. So I, I feel we have a lot to add on that front. In terms of the functionality that's built into our technology, the idea of being model driven, the idea of being at a real sort of no code way of implementing, but doing it in a way that's both simple and sophisticated, I think provides really, you know, unique advantages for our customers. And, you know, our team now of over 5,600 strong people, I think is beautifully positioned to propel our clients to, to really take advantage of this model-driven, no-code approach.
0: In fact, Alan, you know, I think you are the original founder of Low-Code, No-Code in many ways. You've been saying this for 30 years now. I actually now see this new wave of low-code, no-code platforms hitting the market and saying this is the next big thing. And you've been saying this for so many years. Tell us a little bit about how the transition from enterprise software to low-code, no-code will happen now, more than ever before, and how you're positioned so well, because you always said you're a low-code, no-code
1: platform. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because now lots of people have jumped on this bandwagon we've had the opportunity to really think about it a long time and deliver a lot more to our our clients and with our partners at a completely different level of sophistication you know it's funny because a lot of people who are claiming low code from my point of view are the next well they're just the next generation of lotus notes simplistic ways to maybe put something together that's not gonna rise to the challenge of meeting the sophistication of customers who are really trying to compete in hyper-competitive markets. We've been able to bring our experience and our design thinking technology to be able to really accelerate the way that companies can apply technology and evolve technology. Helps, you know, that's where our tagline, build for change comes from. It's not enough to just build or throw things together. You need to have something sophisticated enough to let you continue changing, and that requires built for change. So I, I think we've got terrific experience to build on and a terrific technology base.
0: And now, you know, coming to um, low code, no code, one of the things which is fascinating about it is, as applied AI gets embraced in businesses, you need every user to be a power user. You need every user to be producer of software rather than a consumer of software. How does that switch happen from a a consumer to a producer? What are those constraints you believe has um, taken just a few small set of companies to say that, you know, um, visual model-based coding like what Pega does, is so unique and that should be the way forward for enterprise software. I've not seen enterprise software companies say so, they're only doing it now. You've been seeing it for so long. What do you think are the constraints for large enterprises?
1: Well, I I think that it's, it's critical to recognize that most businesses are dimensional. And so you need to be able to have a model that enables you to incorporate things that are standard and then complement them with things that are specialized. The other thing that's absolutely critical that if you look at the so-called low-code market is you need to make sure that the business logic, think of that as the combination of the rules and elements of AI, that business logic cannot live in the channels. You see people coding business logic into the, the desktop or the web channel, and that just is not the right way to do it. We have a approach we call center out, which enables businesses to think differently about the business. It's not really the technology approach uniquely. It's really about saying, hey, we're going to define the micro journeys. We're going to use next best action AI capabilities to drive continuous conversations between customers and businesses, to drive high-velocity automation across different back ends. And to do it in a way that makes it easy for organizations to do it reliably and to change.
0: And Alan, um, I know that you're a big um, fan of uh, reskilling and building skills for the future. And uh, the Pega Academy is very unique in many ways to creating specialized talent pools. How does the Pega Academy envision democratization of skills, which is needed for applied AI to be scaled and industrialized in enterprises?
1: You know, one of the reasons I started Pega was that I thought, and remember, this was in the eighties, that technology was overcomplicated. It was getting people to concentrate, not on what was important to their businesses, (laughs) but on the technical minutiae. What I'll tell you in the last 30 years, it's gotten worse. You know, the cloud, which we love, is a enormously, well, fragile sometimes and complicated environment that requires an enormous amount of technical expertise. By using a model-driven approach, and by really having, I think, mastered the idea of building design thinking into our methodology, we're able to, using our PEG Academy, teach people who do not have very deep technical skills how to organize their thinking so that they can define what they want the outcomes to be and how they want them to vary and then from that our system literally writes the code so instead of humans programming we have business people defining and then the software can literally drive change it's i think a novel concept and alan you know that's uh, that's so
0: well said you know uh, this is very unique and very novel i would say Do you see the health crisis as some kind of an inflection point of uh, consumption of technology and consumption of software, building connected products and connected services, and more importantly, driving the scale and industrialization of applied AI? Do you see that as an inflection point and accelerated digitization is going to happen as we get to the other side of the health crisis?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I I believe that this crisis has just reinforced the organizations that they have to think differently differently about how they operate and how they apply technology. And uh, what we talk about is how all organizations are realizing they need to become platforms. That everything that they sell, everything they offer a client is not gonna be manufactured by them. And that you see in industries like the automotive industry, people talking not about assets and cars, but talking about offering mobility in, in, telcos you don't have people talking about building and selling handsets uh, or selling even 5g they're offering communications they're offering a, a seamless service to their customers that's going to require new generations of platforms and i think that is perfectly aligned with the sort of platforms we can enable our customers and our partners to take advantage of
0: Alan, thank you so much for that uh, you know, uh, growing up in India, I was um, very fascinated by the game of chess. It kind of uh, curated my thinking process in many ways. You have a very unique background. You, you worked in an antique store. You know, I'm told you you were the 1975 uh, co-champion for the World Chess Championships. Uh, how much of those early experiences uh, kind of shaped your thinking for what uh, made Pega such a pioneering effort from you?
1: Well, look, when I was growing up, I worked with my father in the family business, which is actually an antique and collectible restoration business. Amazingly, this year, it's 100 years old. My father came over after World War II and, having survived the war in Europe, established the family business uh, here in the United States. And, you know, it's a very difficult hands-on business but it taught me a lot about the appreciation of doing things of high quality and also engaging with customers. When I was a sophomore in college and I you know, tied for first in the World Open, which was a shocking upset to everyone, it actually uh, was my real introduction to computers and teaching computers to play chess, which exposed me to a lot of thinking about how do you model the way that a chess master evaluates positions. You know, today we we do chess computing quite a bit differently, but in that era, we really wanted to try to see how a master thinks, evaluates and plans. And we built some technology that ran pretty well. But what I love, you know, chess is great as a game, but what I really love is working with customers and working hard with my team to build a great and sustaining business. And, and that's something that excites us every day.
0: Thank you, Alan. Thank you for that inspirational story. Uh, thank you so much for for building such a unique uh, software platform for the world to consume, uh, for the enterprises across the world to be uniquely sentient using Pega. Thank you for your partnership, and uh, I look forward to working with you. You're a you're a tech visionary, tech change agent, as I call it. And um, you've always been different to everybody else I've actually met in the big tech world. So thank you for being so, so different and so unique in, in your own way.
1: Well, thank you, Ravi. We appreciate the partnership. We appreciate you having uh, thousands of trained and certified Pega experts yourself. And uh, we look forward to working with you to do what's best for our joint clients. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you for our discussion today. Thank you so much.